0: hello and welcome back to our devotions on the psalms my apologies for having another week of break but we had to close the website down to revamp the website i hope you have looked at the website the new uh, refurbished website it's really friendly to use and in particular i'd like to highlight the tab on resources resources will have quite a good number of good stuff. For example, it's got the soap um, devotions. Those are useful. Um, you could just read through them in less than a minute. But they are also thought-provoking. And it's useful just to read the passage and then read through the, the, the thoughts and then get your mind thinking about the things of God. And then there are the causes, um, no, articles. We specially select articles for for you to read um, that we think would be helpful to your growth. So take some time to explore this uh, website. There's also the part on causes. We do encourage you um, to attend some of these causes. Of course, I think you have to pay, but the fees are very low. Um, these are causes that are run by good theological colleges like Singapore Bible College, Trinity Theological College, um, Discipleship uh, Training College, Um, their night courses, I think they're on Zoom now. Um, Do look at them, and if they are of interest to you, sign up, because they really help you to grow as well. And then, of course, the podcast, which we will continue every Tuesday and Thursday. Now, because of the break, Let me recap because we're still on Psalm 139 and that's part of the longer psalm. Um, Before we do that, shall we pray? Father, we ask that you will speak your truths to us that even as we ponder your truths, our hearts may resonate with yours, that we may begin to speak with you with deeper conviction, with deeper honesty, greater honesty. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray from our hearts and not just utter words that are correct. But Lord, teach us to speak to you from the depths of our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me recap before I read the, today's passage. So for the past three sessions, we talked about, first of all, how attentive God is to us. The psalm tells us that God knows when we are sitting down, when we are rising up, when we are lying down, when we are going out of the house. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. He knows our, the words that we're going to say before we utter them. And in all of this, despite knowing all about us, God places his hand upon us, not in anger, but in love. Just think of that. Whatever you are doing, whether you're saying good things or bad things, God still surrounds you and places his hand upon you. That's how much God wants to be involved in our lives. I want you to think about that again. That while we think that in most of our lives you're alone no one's around god's not helping the reality is that whether you're sitting down now listening to the podcast whether you're going out after this to chat with a friend or having to resolve a conflict or going to an office that is difficult whatever circumstance god wants to be involved in your life And God wants to be involved in your life not in a judgmental way but in the most loving way possible. And then the second session we talked about how God pursues us. The psalmist says that whether I go up to the heavens or I settle down, make my bed, lie down and sleep in hell, God is there. Whether we are in the furthest corner of the earth, God is there as well. And whether we are in the darkest of nights when everything that we think even the good news is bad news god shines his light (coughs) and turns even the darkest into light (coughs) think of how god pursues you again not with vengeance but out of deep love for you that even when you are deep in sin you've made your bed in hell He is there running after you, loving you. There is never a point when God feels that he's tired of you, he's had enough of you, he'll just let you rot in hell. Never. And then the third session, we talked about the details that God placed, how God created us with fear fear and trembling. It says wonderfully and awesome. Um, awesomely made that god made us with deep reverence god didn't just create us um without thinking like a conveyor belt but god made us with deep reverence fearfully and wonderfully made but then sin has damaged us a lot sin has distorted our lives in fact um just growing up many of us have become distorted And yet, God who made you reverently will then continue to restore you, to build you up again, to redeem you throughout your life because you are that precious to Him. And so we come to the fourth part. Um, Pardon me, I'll be coughing occasionally. I don't think it's COVID. Um, It's a terribly dry cough and dry, dry throat. Ah, so never mind if I interrupt a little bit with a cough or so. But let's read Psalm 139, verses 19 to 24. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them, I count them my enemies. Search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know it's such a contrast, it's almost hard to believe. First of all we have the three parts that talk about how God, attentive God is to us, how he pursues us and how he creates us with fear and wonder. And then suddenly, it's interrupted by this about God, you slay the wicked, you kill those who are bloodthirsty. I hate those who misuse your name. I have nothing but hatred for them. It seems almost incongruous, it doesn't seem to fit into this beautiful psalm of how God places his hand upon us. And what's even more surprising and shocking is right after that, almost in the same breath, he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. It seems as though it would be good to do away with verse 19 to verse 22. They don't seem to fit. And yet, these are the few very important truths as well. Because the psalmist has pondered how attentive God is to us, how he pursues us, how he creates us. And then he says, woe be those who distort the goodness of God. Woe betide those who lead us away from such beauty, from such wonderful thoughts. And even as he says, I hate them God, you destroy them. Don't ever let people who Take away such great truths from me or from anyone else. He then looks at himself and he says, God, what about me? Search me, God, don't ever let me be such a person. But who are these wicked people that he's talking about? You know, after we have discovered how wonderful our God is, how much he loves us, it makes us so angry. When we hear that so often, in the guise of Christianity, the love of God, the goodness of God is distorted. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church that tried to be faithful to the Word and yet almost all the time it was about how bad I lived my life, how um, how God judges me. I remember one of the worst things I heard in Sunday school was this, that. Someone has stolen an article in Sunday school. The teacher went in and looked at all of us and said, who stole it? And we kept quiet. And then she said, just know that God is watching and God's not gonna let you get away with it. He's gonna punish you. He's gonna find out who you are and gonna punish you. So I don't need to know, but God will go after you. Do you know how terrified we all were? It's like, my goodness, it's true, God knows. God will pursue me with a vengeance not to love me but to harm me because I've done something wrong. This was just one small example but along the way I kept learning of how judgmental God was, how angry God was with me, how each time I failed God would be so upset with me. I learned so much more about an angry hateful God than I learned about a God who would sacrifice his son for my sinfulness. I had a lot, a lot of relearning, unlearning to do, to realize that I have a God who will journey with me even when I've messed up, or a lavish God, or a God who doesn't make mistakes with my life or take my life lightly. If only I had not imbibed all these untruths about God. They are like the bloodthirsty people who say it out of vengeance, who say it out of great anger, that God will come after you. You know, so often the gospel has become bad news to many people. It has become like news of great condemnation. Take for example the, the lobbies in america in texas for example to anti-abortion laws of course life is precious and we must never encourage abortion but to make a law so draconian six weeks that's all the legal time what they fail to notice is that people who suffer the most are the poor are the victims of poverty and victims of others i dealt with one family that that ultimately resorted to abortion was a Christian family. And I saw the pain as they made such decisions. I didn't agree with them, I tried to persuade the the girl and her parents to keep the baby. But at the end of the day, they ignored me and they went and had the abortion. It was painful, but I also learned how much they suffered in making such a decision was no easy solution. What I learned too is that if we had all along given support, if there wasn't a stigma against pregnancy out of wedlock, if we could surround a, a girl, a young woman with love, even if she had child out of wedlock, things might have turned out differently. I have another close friend whose daughter got pregnant by a one night stand and instead of being angry with the girl, the parents just surrounded her with love, told her they would take care of her and the child, and right now she is growing as a Christian, and then her child too is such a blessing to the family. Sure, one would say, yeah, but it's because they saved the child, but notice how much love and care they gave without the stigma of her being a single mother or being pregnant out of wedlock. There was such an outpouring of love. When we talk about the, how precious life is, it's not just about making things legal, illegal, ban abortion. What do we do with single mothers? What do we do with the shame that a person who is pregnant out of wedlock has to face? How do we help such a mother care for her child? These are the things that the church should be doing, not, not enacting laws that criminalise abortion just like that. It tells people of what a hateful God we have, heartless God. And that's not the way our God is. Our God would have called us to surround the mother with love, to help her in any way we can, to bring up the child and the mother. Is it so much of our laws, Christian norms, not laws, but Christian norms, the things that evangelicals, Christians like us, Demand are legalistic, are hurtful, are punitive, are cruel. Think of the death sentence. So often, you know, I've worked in death row with death row inmates for about 15 years in total. And so often when I talk to Christians, they say, yeah, death sentence is the right way. Frighten people, deter people. Each death row inmate has a story of their own to tell. At the end of the day, two wrongs don't make a right. Just because someone is murdered doesn't mean then that the murderer must be killed and his family, often with young children, suffer from his execution as well. But Christians Christians often feel that we should uphold laws that are cruel, that are heartless. And I think this is what The psalmist says too, if we have such a wonderful God, we have such a loving God who would surround us with His presence, how terrible it would be if we gave outsiders especially, people who don't know God, the impression that this is not God at all, that our God is a hateful God, a terrible God. I also would want God to remove all such people who distort the name of God, the goodness of God. But having said that, then I would want God to examine my heart. Are there times, thoughts, where I also lead people away from this God who pursues them? Are there thoughts, are there actions, are there words of mine that tell people that we don't have a good God at all? sometimes in our impatience, sometimes in our anger, sometimes for selfish reasons. We frighten people by threatening them with God and God's judgment. Yes, God does judge, but God judges and yet He gives His Son for us. And we must know that truth as well. So if I were to Pray and let me lead you all in prayer and help you because this is such a beautiful psalm about a prayer to God who's good. Try praying to God first in wonderment at how He pursues you. Wonder to God how He places His hand upon you. Wonder to God as to how He pursues you out of love for you. Wonder to God as how He formed you and He continues to reform you. And then think about what that means when people distort the goodness of God with words, with concepts, with actions that give a very different picture of our God. And then pray that God will let us not be such persons. Let's pray. Father, indeed, you know every bit about me. You know the sins, the secret sins in my heart. You know the thoughts, Lord, that I'm so ashamed of. You know, Lord, the things that I do in secret that are that are so shameful. And yet, Lord, you come upon me and you lay your hand upon me. And you love me. Father, you tell me to follow you, but as an invitation, because you love me so much. And then you pursue me, you let me go and sin on my own. But even as I plan to sin, even when I plot to build my, set up, make my bed in hell, it's even there you are with me, strengthening me, encouraging me, pleading with me loving me. And God, though you know that sin has distorted so much of my life, yet, Lord, each day you form and reform me because I'm so precious to you and you love me so much. But God, I I pray for the many people who have heard such evil things about you that you are God who hates them, you're God who hates everyone who behaves differently. The ones who abort the children, the LGBTQ people, the ones who have sinned or continue in sin. We keep telling people how you hate them, Lord, and they feel it. And they flee from you. But God, you only want to call them back to yourself. You just want to hold them in your arms and to love them, to tell them that you make things right for them. Father forgive me if whenever I show people otherwise, when I allow people or make people think that they are condemned and hated by you, because you don't hate them. All you want is to hold them and tell them that you will walk with them and that you transform their lives. Father, search each of my our hearts, search my heart. Let me know if there are wicked wicked things, wicked thoughts within me. And then lead me in that way that embraces your pursuit of us and helps others to understand the same thing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Do spend time to ponder this psalm again. It's one of the most beautiful psalms of God's presence and God's love for you. Well, have a good weekend. God bless you. Bye.